John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, He removes, and He prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit, because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants anymore, because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you. Love one another. If the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. However, because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of it, the world hates you. Remember the word I spoke to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have no excuse for their sin. The one who hates me also hates my father. If I had not done the works among them that no one else has done, they would not be guilty of sin. Now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But this happened so that the statement written in their law might be fulfilled. They hated me for no reason. When the Counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. You also will testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus spent a lot of this chapter telling us that he is the vine and we are the branches. The bad branches are fruitless and they get totally cut off, but the good branches are pruned so that they can bear more fruit. This is a good reminder that what seems like a setback or a disappointment, like when something beautiful is cut away, it may be God creating space in our lives for more fruit. One thing I find interesting about branches in this analogy is that they don't have to do anything to stay in the vine. They just receive. The branch receives nourishment and water and nutrients all through the vine, which means that since Jesus is the vine, then every good thing that is coming to you is coming to you through Him. He is the source of all the good things in your life. You can do nothing without Him. He said that if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, then we can ask whatever we want and He'll do it. This feels like a free pass, doesn't it? It sounds like we get everything we want. 
But even Jesus didn't get everything he wanted. His humanity had to submit to his divinity. And our humanity has to submit to his divinity too. Which means we won't always get what we want just because we ask him for it. The key idea here is that if his words abide in us, then the words we're using to ask him for things will be his words. We'll be asking for things he delights to say yes to because our hearts will be aligned with his. This statement is about abiding, not accumulating. He said something similar to this later in verse 16. He said, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This isn't a free pass either. The phrase, in my name, is key here. It doesn't mean we just tack Jesus' name onto the end of our prayers as though it's some secret password. In ancient times, a person's name was connected to their character and their will. So essentially, Jesus was saying, whatever you ask the Father that aligns with who I am and what I have planned, he will do it. This may feel frustrating at first because it's like, oh, so God always gets his way then, so why do I even need to ask? First of all, we want God to get his way, truly. I'm very familiar with my way, and it is not good, to say the least. And second, when he tells us to ask, and he does repeatedly, he's inviting us into relationship. This is about conversation, about intimacy. Jesus wants our hearts to be so woven into his that all our desires start to take on his shape. And Jesus said the Father is glorified in this. He wants us to bear the fruit of being united to Jesus. Jesus said our relationship with him mirrors his relationship with the Father. He loves us like the Father loves him. And when we honor the person we're in relationship with, we continue to grow in intimacy and in joy. That's what Jesus is after here. He's after our obedience, but not our fearful obedience or our resigned, reluctant obedience. He's after our joyful obedience. He wants our joy to be full. In fact, He intentionally chose to enter into a relationship with us in order to draw us into greater joy. The Father planned all this for His glory and our joy. Jesus carried out the plan for His glory and our joy. And the Spirit, whom Jesus pointed to at the end of this chapter, was promised to us as a helper, a witness-bearer about Jesus, for His glory and our joy. He's after your joy, and He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay.